This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer, but it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all, maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about it and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the very early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Coming up in this week's episode, we explain the Ethereum triple halving phenomenon that everyone's talking about in crypto town. We put Bitcoin and gold side by side to see who comes up shinier. We talk a little bit about alternative coin Monero and we share a problem that a crypto curious listener had so you don't have the same one. My name's Tracy and this week it's just Blake and myself and Craig's missing this week, Blake, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a little bit of a cough cough. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he'll be taking this week off and uh, hopefully back next week. He, I'm sure he'll be back next week. He hates missing it. So just the two of us. Look, we'll jump straight in and we're going to talk first off about the Ethereum merge. One of the biggest events in crypto history is happening and that is the Ethereum merge. This comes at some very high risks with some pretty high rewards. Feels like we've been talking about it a bit, but everyone's been talking about it a bit. And because it is super important, it is one of the biggest events in crypto history. So to set the scene a little bit, the Ethereum Go Early testnet successfully happened earlier in August. And this was the third test to happen before the merge could take place. Now, the merge will actually happen now on or around the 15th of September. And the merge is important, as I said, because it's one of the biggest events in crypto history and it'll take Ethereum from proof of work to proof of stake. And we have mentioned that in a few of the other podcasts if you want to go back and have a listen. But People are now talking about this phenomenon and calling it a triple halving. So we were going to try and explain that a little bit for you today, but it is proving difficult because it is a little bit hard to get your head around. So let's talk about the main points that we need to cover off in this, Blake. I'm going to throw to you because you're a little bit better at explaining some of these things. So what do we firstly need to point out about this triple halving? Yeah, there's three main components. And the first one is um, the energy consumption. So firstly, you know, the energy consumption for Ethereum is going to reduce by 99.9% as it moves from proof of work to proof of stake. The second element to that is that the inflation rate drops, which means that less Ethereum is going to be issued every day. Mm -hmm. So instead of 13,000 new Ethereum a day, there's going to only going to be 1300 new Ethereum a day. That's huge. So that's, that's 10x less. So 
generally when Bitcoin halves every four years, the inflation rate, it only reduces by 50%. Now this is a 10x reduction. So the impacts, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how that flows through to like supply demand dynamics. Um, as we know, whenever the Bitcoin halvening occurs, we see the price run up. That's generally the catalyst for the next bull cycle. So of course, um, you know, as Ethereum becomes more dominant in the ecosystem, we don't know how this is going to affect it because it's the first time. And really the, th- the third part of the triple halvening is about, you know, people staking their Ethereum. Now, everyday people that have Ethereum can earn a reward from that instead of the miners. And currently, I believe as we transition to F2.0, about 10% of the Ethereum on the network is going to be staked or, or locked up. And then this further impacts supply and demand dynamics. And as we expect, as we move past the merge, we'll see more and more people staking their Ethereum. So these are the three really core pillars that could affect the dynamics of the Ethereum price over the next, I know, one to 12 months. The interesting thing is that Bitcoin has gone through three halvenings so far, and we're about to go through this merge with Ethereum. And for all the reasons that you've just pointed out, you know, there's some major impacts there. So who knows where this merge will propel the future? It's really interesting to see where where it's going to go from here. Another thing, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with the price action because like you said before, Blake, when it comes towards a halvening, you see the price action go up as it leads in and we've seen that there now, but there's a lot of talk about sell the news. So will this be a sell the news event when the merge happens? And I think that's a question on everyone's lips and again, we just don't know. So we're going to wait and see. I think we can unpack that sell the news comment a little bit further, Tracy, because, you know, traditionally or, you know, historically what we've seen with big events is that, you know, everyone gets excited leading mm. up to the big event. And then as soon as the big event happens, it's a bit like a, as someone's letting go of a balloon and it just deflates and everyone, um, you know, all the excitement was just pre the event yeah. and after the event. You know, nothing much happens. Yeah, nothing much happens. So, you know what I've heard though? You know what I've heard? And this is really interests me and why I've looked into the, the merge a little bit. But they keep talking about how hard this merge is to actually infiltrate or work out because they're saying for this to happen, it's like changing the engine of a plane or a bus while it's actually going. That's how hard this is to do, which is why a lot of people think that there could be problems or it could fail because, and that does seem pretty hard. But then again, they've spent like four or five years on it. Um, Fair enough. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think with that much work and that much ingenuity, you could figure out how to do it. That's it. And I have faith in Vitalik. In Vitalik, we must trust. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And with that, we'll leave it there and we'll move on to another story. Fidelity is one of the largest money managers in the world who have a cool $4.5 trillion in assets under management. Earlier this year, they published a document on Bitcoin, which included a workup comparing Bitcoin to gold and fiat. So basically, they showed that Bitcoin is better in every way except proven track record. If we contrast the golden knight with the Bitcoin dragon, the golden knight's got a 30-year life. It's plodding, stupid, heavy, predictable and stagnant up against the Bitcoin dragon. The dragon is immortal, teleporting, dematerializing, hyper-intelligent, rapidly evolving, moves at the speed of light. 
which one of these two is going to win the fight. So we actually thought this was really interesting and we wanted to break it down for you, our listeners. So, Blake, let, let's go over the four main points and exactly how these guys faced off on each other. Mm, so Bitcoin is often compared to gold with similar intrinsic qualities or attributes um, and they've basically compared gold to bitcoin of course one's physical and one's digital but um, from an economics point of view they do have similarities so um, in relation to its portability as we know portability of gold isn't very high um, you know, if I want to move a ton of gold, it's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, you know, you need security, you need, you know, all sorts of machinery to be able to move it's it. It's not easy. That's it. However, you know, if I wanted to move a million or a billion dollars of Bitcoin, you know, all I need to do is to hold the private key, you know, my 6, 12 or 24 digits um, down on a piece of paper and I can uh, travel anywhere with that Bitcoin. Yeah. So portability, portability is a pretty easy tick and a win for uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. The next point that they covered was verifiability. Um, so both gold and fiat currency have been counterfeited um, and can, you know, come from nefarious sources. Um, gold can be verified, but only through a very long process. Nobody yet has been able to spend a counterfeit Bitcoin, you know, mm -hmm. it's very, very challenging to mm -hmm. counterfeit Bitcoin. Um, so I think from, from that point of view, you know, we can always, with with the ledger, track where a Bitcoin has been, um, mm -hmm. you know, since its inception. Yep. Um, but with a piece of gold, um, of course, that's often impossible. So, so far, another tick to Bitcoin there. <laughs> and uh, the third one is scarcity. So gold is scarce, you know. Uh, there's only so much that they can mine every year um, because there's only so much that makes sense to sense to mine. And there's a constraint on fiat currency. Well, there's a money printer that seems to go burr every now and then. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So the, the money's always printing for, for fiat currency and there's absolutely no scarcity there. And you know, with Bitcoin, there's only ever going to be 21 million um, and the code can't change because it's distributed on tens of thousands of computers and, and maintained by, you know, many different actors that have your know, different interests to keep the Bitcoin code the same now and into the future. So for scarcity, um, I think that, you know, I think Bitcoin's even going to end up being deflationary at some point um, because so many people will end up losing little mm. bits of Bitcoin and there's so much dust around in people's wallets. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the third point. So I think on scarcity, Bitcoin also wins that one. Another point to us. What have we got next? And the last one is track record or history. So money, you know, using gold for commerce or using gold for trade or to, to hold value um, is saying that's happened for thousands of years, maybe tens of thousands of years. And, you know, Bitcoin's only about 10, 12 years old now. Uh, so I think uh, from a historical standpoint, gold certainly uh, wins on the fourth point, but only time will tell if Bitcoin, um, you know, hangs around for the next 10,000 years. <laughs> We're trying to put another time pun joke in there two weeks in a row. So history is all that remains to show who wins out over Bitcoin and gold. And at Bamboo, we are a big fan of both, having them both on offer. 
on the app. So please do check us out. We're going to move on now to another story. And this one is about an alternative coin. We don't talk about the alternative coins much, but this one is an upgrade to coin called Monero. Now in April, a task force including Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, the FBI, the Secret Service and others delivered recommendations to the White House on the ransomware threat. On the issue of prohibiting payments to attackers, the group was split. Part of the problem is that the threat actors are getting savvier at pricing their ransom demands. And at a certain point, it makes more sense to just pay the ransom rather than hemorrhaging cash due to paralyzed operations. So Blake, Monero has kind of always been known as more of an anonymous and privacy orientated digital cash coin. And it's probably got a bit of a bad rap because it's mostly used by the seedier folk of the world. And it was sitting in the top 10 for much of the last bull run. Today, it's back down to number 27 on the charts, but it has done pretty well uh, in the last year. It's only down about 32% in the last 12 months. But Blake, what's happened with this update that they've told us about this week? Yeah, um, Monero has done a a major network upgrade, improving its security signatures, also in increasing its speed um, and reducing its transaction sizes and fees. Um, So, yeah, it's really great to see that these protocols that have been around for many, many years are still innovating and still upgrading. Um, But I think more broadly, Monero is a really important part of the ecosystem, I think, because, you know, of course, it can be used for nefarious activities. However, a privacy-orientated coin does have its place in society. And, you know, it is very hard to track um, whether or not people, uh, you know, transactions through the network, um, but that's on purpose. And I think these coins like Monero are going to be around for a very, very, very long time. Um, but of course, it's been very difficult to trade these currencies because many of the regulated exchanges have barred their trading. Um, so now the only place to purchase them is off, you know, decentralized exchanges or offshore um, centralized exchanges. Would there be? Would people be scared to purchase them because the big exchanges one day would get rid of them altogether? Could you see that happening? Yeah, definitely. If not already, mm. I think most of them have got rid of it, um, and that makes it very challenging for people to sell. Mm. Um, so I think you you would certainly be part of the community in that situation. And on that note, Monero does have one of the strongest communities in the ecosystem. Mm. Very very passionate about privacy and data rights. Um, so, yeah, d- definitely an interesting project to follow. Mm. Like I said, it's been around for a long time and it has got a big community and it was solid in the top 10 there for so long. Let's take a break next. And when we get back, we have something different. We're going to explore a warning from one of our listeners who wrote in about getting caught out investing in a new token offering, which wasn't what it seemed. And after that, our crowd fave, the short, sharp news bites. 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're back to the Crypto Curious with Trace and Blake today. A few weeks back, we had an email from a listener named Tim who believed he'd been scammed into buying a token that may have been a dud. This was part of a token pre-sale offering. There are many of these offerings out there and you need to be really careful uh, when entering into these types of sales. What are these, Blake, and what do we need to consider before we jump into these? Yeah, so Tim, one of our listeners, said he was sucked into buying a pre-sale, which is basically a sale of a token, and you get early access to that that token, which you know, presumably gives you a, a cheaper price than you know what it's going to be sold at at a later date. Um, and they had a white paper, and generally the white paper details out the economics of the token and the project itself. It's kind of like a, a prospectus or an IM um, in the traditional financial space. And um, unfortunately, um, it looks like the project was a scam, and you know he had his investment stolen. And you know this happens quite a lot in the ecosystem. Um, you know, these types of scams were rife through 2018 when there was the ICO boom or the initial coin offering boom. You know, there were just as many great projects, there were just as many um, nefarious projects. And it's probably worth just chatting a, a little bit, Tracy, about, you know, things that we can do to protect ourselves when participating with these things. But it must be noted that these are highly speculative, high, highly mm. risky mm. activities because, mm. you know, you're in an unregulated market investing into, you know, the edge of technology on startups, which is the highest risk um, investment class. So yeah. it couldn't get any riskier. Exactly. And you certainly shouldn't be putting um, any more than you're willing to lose into these types of investments. And, you know, this is where doing a good amount of research um, into the team behind them becomes super important. You know, really looking through that white paper and understanding the project in general becomes super important, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly right. And often many of these projects will um, apply to do their sale through an exchange, something called an initial exchange offering, or with a, an accelerator or a launch pad, um, which basically means that you as the investor, potentially the investor, are outsourcing your due diligence to one of these known brands. You know, it's in the interest of these launch pads and these exchanges to only list higher quality projects. But often what you'll find is that even with these higher quality projects, the venture capitalists and the exchanges themselves get in at a very low price and, you know, they could be selling on to, you know, the retail investors and, you know, the only person that wins is the project and the exchange themselves. So, yeah, it's um, definitely a place that you have to pay a lot of attention to if you're going to participate in it. So the moral there, folks, is to be diligent, we think, and do your own research and make sure that you've got a good understanding of the project, the white paper and the team that are behind it. 
On now to our short, sharp news bites for the week. And I think I'll start us off, Blake. So CryptoPunks NFT holders are finally getting some rights to their IP. Starting this week, holders can make merch, brands, movies, anything that they can come up with using their CryptoPunks. So the official licensing terms will be released on the 15th of August, but apparently they're going to be similar to people who own Bored Apes and what they have now. So we've seen with Bored Apes that there's TV shows, I think um, Seth Green's doing one, you know, restaurants, um, but anyone that has Bored Ape IP, it's the sim- it's similar now with punks, so they can do whatever they like with that. All right, on to the next item. FTX has partnered with another group, Paradigm, to allow for easy trading of different types of futures tools. And Paradigm is, for those that don't know, is a wholesale investment platform for derivatives, futures contracts, and options trading in cryptocurrency. And they're one of the biggest. So, you know, and FTX is also one of the biggest derivatives platforms. So them partnering up to bring different products to market is saying that I think we'll see more of. Now, I feel sad saying this next bit of news because it should be Craig because he loves his Pugji penguins and they have just this week announced a in-real-life toy licence uh, that is coming to life. The penguins themselves l- just soared on this news. They went up 350%. So Craig would have been a very happy boy. So there, they're bringing out their actual little toys. Each penguin will have a little toy. Um, Craig's pudgy penguin has a little cap on. I think he was talking about doing some kind of... Um, beanie or something but again now now he'll have something to take to bed and and cuddle when he's sick (laughs) (laughs) oh poor Craig again the pudgy penguins they've um, announced their in real life toy license deal so big news for all the pudgy penguin holders including Craig Um, Colombia, the country, is considering um, a central bank digital currency. Uh, The country's president has shown an interest in digital assets and says that the country should mine Bitcoin with their renewable energies uh, instead of producing cocaine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So Colombia is uh, becoming increasingly crypto-friendly, as many other Latin American countries. So, yeah, some interesting news there. And I think also during the week um, there was some news about the Australian RBA looking to um, build and test a central bank digital currency or a CBDC here. So many other countries are moving in this direction uh, and, you know, uh, I feel as though it's keeping up with the Joneses a little bit and uh, <laughs> they want to get something out to, to keep up um, keep up you know, appearances. Yeah, but I think they just know how hard it's going to be. So we'll see who succeeds in actually bringing one to market and then see where it goes from there. But on to our next one, we've got OpenSea has changed its stolen NFT policy and this is because of users' pressure on, on this issue. OpenSea will now require police report to be submitted within seven days of users' flagging an NFT has been stolen. The platform previously blocked assets from being bought and sold or transferred as it investigated each case. Now the new policy is designed to prevent false reports as it only applies to new cases. So uh, this is a big change and you need to actually rep- you know, report your NFT has been stolen. So mm. I think this brings up some broader conversations about, you know, the permissionless nature of 
you know, cryptocurrency. And one of the key foundational principles of digital assets is, you know, being permissionless and not needing to ask someone's permission to do X, Y, and Z. And unfortunately, that extends to, you know, potentially stolen Bitcoins and stolen NFTs. So, you know, once once these middlemen start to extend their their powers within the sector, it's like, where does this start and where does it finish? And I think one step starting um, is, you know, definitely pushing these platforms down a very defined pathway. Yeah. Have you heard about this other platform that's similar to OpenSea that's an um, decentralised marketplace for NFTs now? Mm, no, I haven't heard that, but it's a good idea. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to do a little bit more research into it and I think we'll maybe talk a little bit more about it on next week's episode. Well, say, just following on from that then, Tracy, you know, OpenSea is categorised as a DAP, a decentralised application, but, you know, doing these things really- It's not though. Really removes them from being decentralised. Yeah, exactly. I, I I wouldn't call them decentralized now, would you? Mm, well, not really, but yeah, I guess then the, there's an issue with, you know, the definition of, you know, these platforms sometimes. Mm, interesting. One more bit of news to round out then. We've got um, a report that just came through this morning at Boss Beauties, which is one of the more prominent female-led uh, NFT projects after World of Women, has signed uh, world-renowned media agency WME to promote their uh, Boss Beauties and Super Boss Beauties brand. So this is really exciting because they have got a film, uh, TV, digital and gaming that's set to come out in the next 12 months and they've recently hired uh, two of the female graphic artists who worked on Marvel and the same project. So that's pretty exciting news for the Boss Beauty gang there as well. Probably probably just one last item to cover off on the Ethereum merge next month is that Coinbase will be pausing deposits and withdrawals. And the reason for this is that in a worst case scenario, the Ethereum blockchain could split into two blockchains. Now, there's a lot of technicalities here, which sounds peculiar and that we won't dive into now. But if one of the chains, for example, the old code base gets support from just one to 2% of the network, then we will have two chains post-merge. And then Coinbase will need to decide which one they support. Now, many of the exchanges have come out and said that they're going to support the F2 or proof of stake blockchain. But you know what happened when Bitcoin forked previously was that there was a secondary chain and Coinbase sat on those coins for quite a long time and people were quite frustrated that they couldn't sell them. So yeah, generally the best advice is that if you are on a trading exchange is to have your Ethereum on a cold storage wallet. Very good advice there. Lot to think about for this merge. I need to start writing things down. <laughs> and on that, I think we'll leave it there for today. So thanks again for listening, everyone. Remember to send your emails to podcast at getbamboo.io. Join us in the Facebook community. Lots happening in there and follow us on social media. Please do uh, tell your friends about the podcast. We'd love to have more people listening in each week. And that's it signing off from just Blake and Trace today. Hopefully we'll have Craig back next week. Bye for now. Adios. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. 
Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 